What's going on, everybody? This is the feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. The Sixers return home after a two-game home trip. Um, they no, sorry, a three-game home trip. They suffered two losses and a win. Win in Miami. Win uh, loss in Memphis, and a loss in Orlando. In Jimmy Butler's Sixer debut. Tonight they returned home for for Jimmy Butler's home debut. I was in attendance. If you couldn't tell, my voice is pretty much gone. Um, but the, the the newest addition was greeted to the city of Philadelphia with a packed crowd and a loud crowd. From the opening warm-ups to the last buzzer of the game the city made Jimmy Butler feel very comfortable and very very much welcomed and he fed off that energy and so did the team obviously it was a uh, an, an emotional interesting game if not for the performance on the court then definitely for the storyline because of Jimmy Butler making his his home debut and because of the matchup between reigning rookie of the year Ben Simmons and I guess you could argue snubbed rookie of the year Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz obviously very good team returning most of their players from last year. They took the Warriors to I think four games, five games in the Western Conference second round playoffs. Um but even for the even for that, I mean, I thought they were going to be a tanker, but Mitchell showed that he is a budding star in this league, and so they're 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 a very they're they lost, they didn't drop off really at all, but um after losing Gordon Hayward because they drafted Mitchell, so <clears throat> um Jazz are very formidable, very good defensive team. Rudy Gobert is top five defensive player in the NBA. Um, and they have a a bunch of really nice players around Mitchell and Rubio. Joe Ingles is 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 a tremendous shooter from the small forward position. Crowder can shoot. Alec Burks can shoot. Mitchell can shoot, obviously. But they just have a, a very good rotation, very good depth, and they and they have tremendous chemistry. Qu- Quinn Cook, uh, sorry, Quinn Snyder. It helps that he's a, that he's a tremendous coach, too. Um, but nonetheless, Sixers lead by as many as 16 in the first half. But statistically speaking, teams that build up a, 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 tremend, a tremendous lead, tremendous being 10 points or greater in the first half, unless they can stretch it out to 20, 25, 30 in the first half, they typically lose that lead. In fact, I believe a close twenty percent of teams with a sixteen point first half lead or greater end up losing those games, which is pretty staggering. But nonetheless, um, it is a game of runs, of course. 
And so the Sixers led by as many as 16 in this in, in the first half. But then the referees sort of took over. Embiid got into foul trouble. Most of the Sixers were in foul trouble. Embiid had four 20 seconds into the third quarter. Redick had four. Muscala had four. Johnson had four. Um, and so really the Sixers were running out of ben, uh, running out of depth at their center position. And so the Jazz were able to make runs. They didn't miss 16 of their 37 free throws, so they really didn't help themselves that much. But they were able to make runs and... and, and if if not made free throws, they were able to get Embiid out of the game, so that they could easier attack the cu- attack the cup, and that's pretty much that's exactly what they did in this game. Um, <clears throat> but in the third quarter, the Sixers seemed to take a. a Seem to readjust their grip on the on on the Jazz going up by as many as ten, <clears throat> and then fourth quarter it all fell apart, or so it felt and looked for a while. Jazz stormed back, took the lead, um, led by as many as five with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and then. And then we really saw what Jimmy Butler can do. Jimmy Butler in this game, in his Sixers debut at home, 38 minutes, 28 points on 12 of 15 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, 2 of 5 from the free throw line, but we'll attribute those to some... I guess you could say jitters because it's his first game at home. A little bit of getting used to, a little bit weird feeling. Especially because you look at, or especially because as a, as a shooter, he's not used to being cheered by the crowd in this building. So it's, it's, it's a new atmosphere, it's a new environment. You have people who you're not used to cheering for you, cheering for you. And so I can understand that he'd miss a couple free throws. Um, but seven assists, three rebounds, two steals, three turnovers, only two fouls. Jimmy Butler, player of the game, hands down, deserves, deserves, deserves some claps um, for his home debut. Tremendous performance by Jimmy Butler. Embiid was next in the pecking order. 26, uh, 23 points in 26 minutes, 20 shots taken, so not very efficient for him. He did make a very clutch three, courtesy of Jimmy Butler in the corner to tie the game at 103, and then the Sixers never looked back from that point on. Embiid, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, one turnover, four fouls. Um, but after that made three, the game may as well have been over there because the Sixers went on a 9-2-3 run to close it out. They won the game 113-107 to to move to 9-0 at home, 10-7 overall. The Jazz dropped to 7-8 on the season. They are 5-4 away from home. So, 
getting back to the Sixers now. Embiid and 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 Butler seem to be on on get, or get getting along fine and and on the same page pretty pretty quickly. Um, Embiid got his. Butler was the closer of this game. Ben Simmons is, is pretty evident that he is struggling mightily. Um, thirty six minutes for him. Ten points, eight rebounds, eight assists, one steal, one block, three turnovers, two fouls. Yes, he almost had a triple double. But he just sort of looks out of place on on the court right now. And I'll get into more of that later. J.J. Redick, a rather pedestrian showing for him. 16 points in 34 minutes on 5 of 9 shooting. One made three. 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Two rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Three turnovers, four fouls. The bench, Mascala, 32 minutes, the leader in minutes off the bench, probably a lot, be, lot to do with Embiid's foul trouble, but nine points on three of five from three, four rebounds, one block, one steal, one turnover, four fouls. So clearly he also could not get the job done against Rudy Gobert. It doesn't help that Gobert has a, a, like a, a nine-foot wingspan or whatever he has. His arms are ridiculously long. So if, even though he's not tremendously skilled offensively, he does have the ability to overpower you and make you foul him because he's just so darn big and his arms are so long. Muir Johnson, 14 minutes, 11 points on nine shots. He did make two threes, which was really a shocker. Five rebounds, three assists, one turnover, four fouls. He clearly could not remotely match up to Rudy Gobert. Um, but nonetheless, he did provide just a touch of of of, of floor sh- um, spreading for the Sixers tonight. Landry Shamit continues to just produce off the bench in any way, shape, or form. Six points in 14 minutes, two made threes, one rebound, one assist, one turnover, three fouls. Um, Markel Fultz, and I'm going to dive a little bit more into the guards in a little bit. Markel Fultz. Severe reduction in his minutes, although I think you can attribute a lot of that to Brett Brown overplaying Jimmy Butler for the sake of getting him comfortable on the floor with the, with the players that he's going to be spending the most time playing with and getting him comfortable with the playbook and getting him familiar with what he's seeing out there. Fultz, 14 minutes, six points on two of five. He made a beautiful layup. He, he shows this aggressive nature when attacking the cup. Made a layup over Rudy Gobert to sort of uh, cut off their their run late in the third quarter. Um, he also made a, a nice jumper from the free throw line. He made two of four from the free throw line. Speaking of, um, in wake of the in wake of the, the of the worrisome, we'll call it double clutch free throw that he took in Miami a couple games ago. It was evident that he was trying to avoid that at all costs because he was doing this hot potato thing where he juggles the ball back and forth between his hands on the way up to shoot. And then it's it's it's, it's a more fluid motion, definitely. But it's certainly new and it's certainly unique, to put it to put it nicely. Six points, three rebounds, two assists for him. 
one turnover, and you really are seeing that he mentally is so fragile because that one turnover came in the first half. Donovan Mitchell picked his pocket and scored a layup, and then he almost turned. He almost um, stole it from him again. And B had to come save him, and then you know told him to get his head in the game and snap out of it. But once Mitchell clamped him and then started clapping in his face like like a jerk, um, it, I think it kind of took Markel out of the game. And you know, just to be clamped by by one young player who was drafted eleven picks behind you, and then to be picked for up, you know, for him to pick your pocket and score, and then to have that shut you down pretty much the rest of the game. Tells you a lot about where he is mentally. It's a sad situation. It's a difficult situation. But at the same time, this is his job. He left college early, and that was his decision to make as a professional. And he's got to find a way through it. Or else he's going to end up as one of the true tragedies of the NBA. Or he'll be out of the NBA and looking for a job overseas. And... Obviously, not, you don't want to play overseas if you're an American basketball player. It's not it's not that appealing to most. For Colin Korkmaz, 11 minutes, continues to get a touch of playing time. Two points, one made shot, three rebounds, one assist, one foul. Um, it was a pretty blatantly terrible, terrible miscall on the foul that was called on him, so I, I don't, I don't um, fault him for that. Refs just continue to, to, to really be shitty. They're real, they're terrible, really, in all around this year. Um, but back to what we saw tonight from the main contributors. So Jimmy Butler showcased tonight exactly why we brought him in to, and why we traded it away, two of our starters and two of our big-time contributors to get him. Neither Robert Covington or Dario Saric could create their own shot. And then I think that was pretty blatantly obvious. We all knew that. If you if you if you pay attention to this team remotely, even if you watch a couple games here and there, it's you start to you have to notice the pattern that Dario Saric is a catch and shoot shooter. Robert Covington's largely a catch and shoot shooter. Embiid's the only guy they have who can get you a bucket down the stretch, and everyone knows to double him. And so it's 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 pretty it's pretty predictable what you're gonna do. Certainly doesn't help that Ben Simmons can't shoot. And so Jimmy Butler came in here and did exactly what they needed him to do. Late in the game, they were down f- f- four points. I think it was ninety five to ninety one, um, and it seemed as if the, the as if the, the Jazz were one or two more made shots away from stealing um, a, a brutal one away from Jimmy Butler in his Sixer home debut. Butler was not gonna was not about to let that happen. He he comes up the court, comes behind the screen and pulls up for a, a pretty deep three and knocks it down. The crowd goes ballistic. That was his that was good for his twenty sixth point of the night. And that ability to just pull up off the dribble and, and make and make a a a and have the confidence that I'm gonna make this shot that's what he does. That's what he is. That's why he's a superstar. And his 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 lack of fear 
in being the closer. The ball is always in his hands on the stretch. Ben Simmons deferred to him mightily, always looked to give him the ball and, and set screens and screen and rolls for him. Um, he really stole the show down the stretch. One play, he um, Embiid missed what would have been an, an, a thunderous dunk, then came back and poked it out of uh, Gobert's hands, and then Reddick stole it, or Reddick, Reddick picked it up, started to sort of a, uh, converge on, 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 the, on the center area of the court, rifles a pass to uh, a short pass to Butler who then takes it all the way and just slams it and slams it and, and puts the Sixers up by three and that was really the the momentum switch Jazz called a timeout fans erupted and Butler was very very happy very excited and uh oh that reminds me early on in um early before the fourth quarter going in, going into the fourth quarter Markel missed a free throw the second of, of two he he um, he missed, so he made the first miss a second. Hustle play by Fultz, credit him for this. He he saw it was going to be a miss, fought for and got the offensive rebound, gave it to Butler. Butler pump faked, attacked the rim, got fouled going up, and converted the basket and got the foul. He bellowed in, in excitement and, and in rejuvenation. It energized the, the bench, the team, the crowd, and the Sixers went up by, I think, Two, after, so, and and it, and it turned into a, f- a four point play instead of instead of a one point play, um, to close out the quarter. And then to cap it all off. And remember how last episode I, I I was ranting about people wanting to fire Brett Brown. Well, Brett Brown flexed a little bit tonight and shows you what he's capable of with the proper tools in his tool belt. Beautifully executed play to have Embiid set a screen for Butler to, to, to cut to the basket. And that effectively got Gobert out of the paint because Gobert's not going to leave Embiid alone, especially since that's his matchup. But all the attention going to Embiid, it allowed Butler to, to sort of speed up and get the advantage on the, on, on the, uh, on the backdoor look. And, and Simmons floated a, a pass right over Joe, Joe Engel's fingertips and Jimmy Butler converted the layup. Um, really, essentially, after it, got, after it was passed, Ingles, Butler was wide open, no one even close to him. And so that was just a sign of what Brett Brown has in his repertoire um, with having a full roster, without, without, with having all pieces of the puzzle. His superstar, Embiid, was able to create a misdirection and, 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 and some confusion because... Everyone, uh, you know, it, it drew, it, it MB being a perimeter five, who can shoot from the outside, drew Gobert out of the paint, um, and that effectively opened up a lot of spacing for Butler to just sort of beat his man to the basket. Obviously, Ingles is slower, and all Ben, all ben had to do was just was just float the pass in perfectly, which he did, and Butler got a wide open layup. It was a beautifully drawn up play by Brett Brown um, to create a simple misdirection and and, and some simple um, and, and and it really it just a a a simple um, I guess the word for it could be hoax in in, in making them think that it might go to Embiid and then just no it's just going to be a Butler backdoor for for a, for a, for an easy layup, um, but. 
you know, Jimmy Butler had 26 points before that shot, and he, Brett Brown still managed to get him a wide-open look right under the rim. As elite a defensive team as the Jazz are, with Brett Brown drawing up the play, he was able to get Jimmy Butler, the, the Sixers' leading scorer on the night, a wide-open layup to put the nail in the coffin for the Jazz. So think about that when you criticize Brett Brown's coaching. I know his timeouts are, are, are questionable. I know his substitutions can be questionable at times, but I got news for you. Brett Brown always subs the same players out at the exact same time. It's continuity. It's consistency. It's, it, it's fair. So no one asks, why'd you take me out? I was hot. He's, you can just say, I do it every game, regardless of whether you're, regardless of whether you're hot or not. It was no different tonight. So... For those of you who question why he subs out the guy who's hot, that's his rotation. That's how he's always done it. He's going to be – I prefer consistency over a guy who just changes things and, and, and leaves you questioning. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I do believe that he showcased a little bit of what he's capable of tonight with all the pieces that he needs in his in, in – his, um, in his gun. Butler's defense, I thought, was outstanding. I never really noticed his defense until tonight. Obviously, I watched many. I watched him play the Sixers many times, and I just knew that he was a great player. The All Star appearances and, and and the and the most improved award and 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 the the defensive awards speak for themselves. But I never really observed him defensively until tonight. And I don't think I've ever seen a more superb defender than him. It is evident that he takes tremendous pride in his defense. Number one, his defensive discipline is outstanding. He never, ever, ever overplays, never underplays, never overcommits, never leaves the, never leaves the wrong guy open. Always attacks closeouts with control. Never closes out um, too recklessly and causes and, and, and commits a foul. Um, he n- never bites on fakes. Always stays on his feet. Never leaves the ground. He always stays down in a stance. He's always engaged on defense. It was a, a one thing I noticed. It was, it was quite quick, but it was very impressive to me. A lot of guys don't do this, but the Jazz were coming down on what would appear to be a fast-break opportunity, and Royce O'Neal saw Butler coming and sort of pulled back as if he was going to cut, cut the engine, cut, you know, to, uh, reset the play. And they sort of came back as if he was going to attack. A lot of guys, would that, that, the, the pullback would lull them asleep, and then he'd explode right around them and get, and get, and get a finish at the rim. Butler knew it was coming. And never, never, never uh, relaxed. He he stayed right there, and O'Neal could not get around him, so he actually had to pull back and reset the play. He actually had to he had to actually do it, and Jimmy got blocks at key moments in the game, and he just never he, he's always attentive. So I think that he is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous player for this team. Um, If the close, if his closing ability, to if his if his ability to close out games and score when you need a big shot, 
doesn't impress you the way it should impress you, then his defensive master, mastering, or mastery, his defensive mastery should impress you because he is absolutely one of the top five best two-way players in the NBA. Another thing that impressed me about him is his IQ. He has this uncanny ability to cut back door and understand when it, when a guy over commits um, or tries tries to treat tries tries to cheat on a screen. He knows exactly how to slip back door and and, and cut. You know, and he and he gets himself so many dunks and layups just by cutting at the right time. And that really impressed me a lot too. Even if he's having a bad shooting night, he can affect the game on offense just by cutting well. And not a lot of guys know how to do that yet. Um, <clears throat> ben Simmons, it worries me because I think that he's always been told how great he is and he's always been regarded as the second coming of LeBron James and yada, yada, yada. And I don't think, or at, at least right now, I'm not sure how well he's going to take to being sort of the third wheel. Um, because clearly Embiid and, 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 and Butler are, getting, are going to get theirs. But Ben Simmons sort of seems to be struggling. He, he, he missed some defensive assignments, and, and that cost the team easy uh, points at the rim. Embiid yelled at him for one, inst- for, for one of those instances. Um, and he just seems lost on offense. He did convert an, a, an incredible layup um, and got fouled, did not make the free throw, but he, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was exactly a minute to go. He made the layup to give the Sixers the lead, and they never looked back. And that was sort of a, a way to go, a way to go, Ben. You should, you've been struggling all night with turnovers and, and, and uh, not being able to find yourself. But <clears throat> that player right there was like, okay, he had his imprint on this game. He showed, his, he showed that he has this hunger and desire that he's not going to be shut down and denied. And I was very happy to see that. But I think it's going to take him some time, especially because he hasn't had that jump shot. Um, it, if, he, if he had a jump shot, if he had worked on it this past summer, which it is what it is now, it's too late, um, I think it would all flow much easier and much quicker and much better. But that doesn't mean it can't over the course of the year. It doesn't mean that he won't figure, that they won't figure it out. They're too talented to not figure this thing out. Um, but I do worry that when it comes time for him to leave, whether it be after next year or five, six years from now, I do wonder whether this is going to play a role in his decision because whether Jimmy Butler's still here or not, he might say, oh, I don't want to be the second fiddle or the, or the third wheel. If this does work out and Jimmy's here for the long term, I would imagine the Sixers are going to match whatever restricted free agent contract Simmons receives from another team. So that'll put us six-ish years from now. Maybe, yeah, maybe five to six years is from five to six-ish years from now. And if they extend Butler, they're going to expire around the same time. So I got, got to wonder if maybe if Ben Simmons is, is, gets tired of being n- not, not the main guy, 
maybe he books it to LA or another destination where he can be the featured player. Also, I don't want know how well he's going to take to Butler trying to give him constructive criticism. For the first couple of days, you know, it's 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 fine. You you can hand you know it's 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 whatever you can you can handle it. Everyone's trying to get acclimated and and and, and sort of. Um, meet halfway with everything. But then in a couple months from now, how is he going to feel when he's getting tired of hearing Butler in his ear? Um, and that isn't me questioning his work ethic. That's just me not sure of how Ben Simmons really feels because he's a quiet guy. You don't really hear much. He just, you know, he, he, nailed, he answers the interview questions the way he's been coached to. Uh, he says he's all about winning, but we're going to see exactly what he's all about when he is in a funk. And I think the addition of Butler, in addition to this sort of sophomore slump that he's been in to start the year, I think this is going to test him. Um, but for the long term, he is here. He's going to be here um, at least to, at least through next season. And I, I the Sixers would be foolish to not um, match whatever contract offer someone throws at him in restricted free agency. So should he should be here in theory another six years, and by then hopefully things will have changed dramatically, um, but time will tell. Um, but nonetheless, despite all that, winning is ultimately the the cure all, um, and Sixers got to win tonight, so. Everyone can, everyone, you know, Ben Simmons might be upset that he didn't get a ton of shots. Ben Simmons also doesn't take a ton of shots. But, <clears throat> however way you look at it, people, you know, you can say whatever you want. And the, the bottom line is, you feel okay because you won the game. And winning, winning, everyone loves to win. So, it is evident that the Sixers' defense still needs to improve. And their offense still needs some improvement, some touch-ups. But this thing is, is going to get better every game as the chemistry develops and as the relationships develop, as, as, the, as every player sort of figures out where they fit and where they're comfortable and, and the roles become more defined. As they continue to win games, they're going to be a lot happier with each other and a lot, um, and they're going to learn a lot about themselves. And they're going to make improvements. And so... Having said that, it's I think this is a time to be excited. The bench obviously does need a little bit of an upgrade. They need to add some shooting. Um, and my the you know the eye emoji. My eyes are on Kyle Korver, and a variety of other options on on the buyout market or uh, second round pick trade market kind of thing where you can trade second round pick to a team that sucks. For a team, for a player that they, they just want to get, they want to get uh, the slightest bit of value out rather than just buy them out. Um, but they bolster their bench, they continue to win and improve. They will get better game by game, and going off of that, and as an and an extension of that is Brett Brown. Like I said last episode, you got to give Brett Brown a chance, and tonight he showed what he's capable of with 
full bag of tricks. And again, when he adds a little more depth, when he gets a little more depth to that bench, he'll show us some more things that we haven't seen yet. Tonight we saw the the, the usage of the pick and roll with Butler. We saw how he ex- we saw how Brett Brown executes and what and what he runs, having a guy who can close a game out in Jimmy Butler. The next step is to figure out how we can get Ben Simmons on the same page as Embiid and, and, and Butler and how we can fully um, correct and fix our defensive rotations and how we can fix the, the offense and where we can get the scoring from off the bench because... This offense is going to take off with time. There's a lot. There's too much talent there for it not to, as I said before. But if they can figure out this defense, with the defensive ability they have in Embiid, Simmons, and Butler, this team is going to be nearly impossible to beat. So that does it for tonight's show. We'll be back tomorrow night after the Sixers face. The Charlotte Hornets for the third time this year. This time is in Charlotte. Second night of a back-to-back. Of note, this will be Jimmy Butler's first Sixer back-to-back. Um, he played 38 minutes tonight, as I said. So we'll see how um, energized and sort of rested he's the good he is for tomorrow. We'll see how good how, how he responds to it to a back-to-back situation because um, we've never seen that before with him. For at least where we've been able to watch him back-to-back nights. Um, other thing to note is that Embiid did acknowledge that his hand had was was swelling after the game, um, as sort of a um retroactive to a sprained hand he suffered last year in a game in Phoenix on New Year's Eve, and he did say that it's been on and off ever since. Which, if it's only a sprain, it shouldn't still be hurting him, I would think. So that's a little bit concerning, but he did say that he is going to play tomorrow night. So, in theory, with Simmons, Butler, and Embiid, they should be able to win a game on the road. But, as we've come to learn over the years, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but you never quite know at this team. But, this is an exciting time for the Sixers. This is the dawn of a new era, and... We better buckle in because it's going to be a a really fun ride. Before I sign off for the night, a couple of words from our sponsors. So do you like to shotgun beer? Do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a bottle opener, tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code TRUSTACOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the feed to Embiid without my written permission is prohibited.
copyright the feed to Embiid 2018. Once again, the Sixers pick up their ninth or their eighth home win of the season against zero losses at home, 113 to 107 over the Utah Jazz. They will be in Charlotte tomorrow at 7 o'clock where they are a underdog. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous because why would they be an underdog in, in Charlotte when they've beaten them twice? But it's a road game. Sixers 2-7 and seven on the road. And they are a two-and-a-half point dog. And with that, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you here tomorrow night after hopefully a second consecutive win against the Charlotte Hornets. Have a good night.